Welcome back. We are studying this week's Parsha, Kitavo, and the essay is from Rabbi Sachs' book, Judaism's Life-Changing Ideas, called The God of History. This Parsha starts with discussing the occasion of bringing first fruit to the temple. And it's what's interesting about it, in addition to being a pretty dramatic presence of all these people from across the country coming to the temple to bring the first fruits, um, they have in the Parsha there's a text of what is said and I want to read it this is from Deuteronomy chapter 26 verse 5 my ancestor was a wandering Aramean he went down to Egypt and lived there as a stranger few in number and there became a great nation strong and numerous the Egyptians mistreated us and made us suffer subjecting us to harsh labor we cried out to the Lord God of our ancestors the Lord heard our voice and saw our suffering our toil and our oppression the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand and outstretched arm with terrifying power and signs and wonders. He brought us into this place and gave us this land, a land flowing with milk and honey. And now I am bringing the fruit, first fruit of the soil that you, O Lord, has given me. It's interesting when you first read this passage, it's mentioned in the, in the Torah, you realize the familiarity behind it because the first four verses are what we say on the Seder night for Passover. It's part of the Haggadah. Now, what was, in, what was unique was not that we're celebrating the first fruits of the season. Many other cultures have similar ceremonies. But what is unique about this ritual is that our ancestors saw God in history rather than nature. And this, this was a novel idea. It's not about nature, but about the shape of history, the birth of Israel as a nation, and the redemptive power of God who liberated our ancestors from slavery. So let's go through what's new about this worldview. Well, first, we see God in history, and this is why studying Jewish history is an important religious responsibility, so we can, under, we can see God through the history of the Jewish people. Secondly, we see history as an extended narrative with an overarching theme. Thirdly, the theme of biblical history is redemption. It begins with suffering, and it ends in a messianic age with homecoming and blessing. Fourth, it's a narrative that's internalized. So it's not just a story. It's not, uh, we're not watching God act in this world. We're part of the story. It's our story. It's the story of our people. And by bringing the fruit in t- from the land to the temple, we are a part of the story. And finally, most importantly, the story was the basis of identity. That's the difference between history and memory. History is an answer to the question, what happened? Memory is an answer to the question, who am I? In Alzheimer's disease, you lose your memory and you also lose your identity. The same is true of a nation. For us to renew our identity, we have to keep a memory. And that's the, through this Parsha of, of going through the ceremony of transmitting the first fruits and in relating our history of being released from bondage in Egypt, we're renewing that memory in each each year. Now, Rabbi Sachs goes on to talk about Western modernity having two attempts to escape from identity. The first being in the 18th century with the Enlightenment, and it focused on the universalisms of science and philosophy, with science focusing on discovering laws that are universally true, and philosophy aiming at universal structures of thought. Now, identity is about groups. 
about us and them and groups, unfortunately, conflict. And the Enlightenment was an attempt to create a world without identities. If people can live without identity, maybe they'll live without conflict. But you can't have a universal identity because what makes a person unique is what makes them different. And that's why there's no intellectual discipline that aims at universality that will ever fully grasp the meaning and significance of identity. And what was the blowback to this enlightenment effort? Identity came roaring back in the 19th century based on nationhood, race, and class. And it led to two world wars through nationalism. Racism led to uh, Aryan supremacy and the Holocaust. And then you had Marxist class warfare which led to Stalin, the Gulag, and the KGB. There was another attempt to escape from identity since the 1960s in favor not of the universal but the individual in the idea that identity is something that each of us can freely create. But that's not how identity is formed because identity is about membership in a group. It's, it's a social action. So when people realize that they can't form an identity through solely through individualism, it came roaring back again in the form of identity politics based on gender, ethnicity, or sexual orientation. And this is leading to, uh, again, more conflict in current times. So what was happening in Jerusalem when people brought their first fruit was of significant consequence because they were telling a story of who they were and why. And that's one of the reasons why the Jewish identity is the strongest in the world and it survived for 2,000 years without any normal base of identity, without a land, without a shared language of spoken tongue. You know, Hebrew was a dead language for 2,000 years. It wasn't the, the language of the people. They spoke in everyday uh, thought. And it's the identity survived without any political power. Ever since, uh, you know, for 2,000 years, even when Jews lived in Israel, they didn't have autonomy. So clearly all identities are not the same, but what you see with the Hebrew Bible is what Dan McAdams calls an identity of the redemptive self. And what that means is that's an identity where people shape their lives into a narrative, where someone suffers as a child, develops strong convictions through adolescence, and moves steadily upward and onward through their adult years, confident that their negative experiences will ultimately be redeemed. It's the belief that bad things can be overcome and affirms the narrator's commitment to building a better world. That's the idea of a redemptive self. If you look at the identity the Jews have assumed upon their nation, it's a redemptive identity. It's focusing on, in partnership with God, the recognition that we can truly change the world. Now, our lives are shaped by the story we tell about ourselves. And this is the Jewish idea from this week's Parsha, that it's important that we make sure to tell a story that speaks to our highest aspirations and that we tell it over and over again. So as we come to the conclusion of the Torah reading cycle and we continue through the month of Elul, which is a month of reflection towards the high holidays, it's a chance for us to reflect on our unique role within the Jewish people, what unique skills we can bring, and what the role and places of the Jewish people as a whole is in bringing a redemptive story to humanity. So with that, have a great week.